Good morning, everyone, and welcome back for episode 70 of the PATH Podcast. I am Jason. Hey, I'm Derek. And we are so glad that you have decided to join us as we continue down the path. As you can see and hopefully hear, we are back in the studio today. We've had a couple of weeks out of here, and so um, it's nice to be back in here in our, in our natural environment, if you will. Um, but today we're going to um, we're going to talk about and sort of wrap up this section of uh, Revelation. We've been working through Revelation over the last five weeks, and um, yesterday uh, Derek shared with us from uh, Revelation chapter three as we looked at the last two letters to the last two churches, and um, and so as as we kind of you know we're, we're going to make a pivot at this point, um, but maybe kind of wrap up what we learned from the church of Philadelphia, the church at Laodicea. Uh, but then why, why is this a good kind of stopping point for right now? And then we can, when we'll come back to it in a, in a few weeks. Yeah. Well, let me start with your last question first. Sure. Um, it's a good stopping point because a lot of people who preach through these seven churches, this is where they stop and this is never get back yeah. to all, a little of the harder stuff. Um, it's a good stopping point just because um, it gives us a little bit of breathing room, I think. Um, also, it allows us to focus on the fact that this is a letter to seven mm. specific churches. We've seen those, and then there's a transition in Scripture yeah. that goes from these words to these seven churches specifically and individually even, to what John is seeing. Mm -hmm. Now, that information is still being given to these seven churches, right? but it's a switch in how it's addressed. It's much more, this is what I saw mm -hmm. that I need you to know about. But before that, it's this is what you need to hear yeah. specifically, specifically for you because of what you're going to face that this is some of this stuff is alluding to. You'll see yeah. that. And, so we see that, and I think it's just a good place to kind of say, let's let's breathe a little. Let's dig into a couple other things that we need to talk about mm -hmm. uh, as a church, and then let's come back to it. Yeah, so. absolutely. That's a great point. I'd never, I'd never, this did not dawn on me until just now, where in, in each of these letters, um, they all end with, he who has an ear, let him hear. Yeah. And then it switches to, let me tell you what I saw. So yeah. it went, it go, you go from hearing to seeing, mm -hmm. and... And um, one of the things, obviously, John was led by the Holy Spirit in writing all these things down. But um, John is really good at painting a picture. Mm -hmm. um, and, and you don't, it doesn't take a whole lot of imagination to picture what he's, what he's talking about. Yeah. Um, because he's so good at, tell, at telling those things. And I think that's a great, that's a great point. Because, um, you know, even though Jesus is very clear in all of these letters to these churches, um, the next sort of, 16 chapters or so give you the why behind th this is why you should do what I told you to do. Yeah. Here's yeah. why. <laughs> it, you're right. Yeah, it, yeah. Is, it is a transition to this is why I'm telling you these things that you mm -hmm. need to prepare and hear and be prepared to conquer. Yeah. And then, okay, now here's what God showed John. Yeah. And, and what you need to know. Absolutely. So, yeah. Plus, I mean, a very practical reason. This, it's a, it's about to get a lot harder. Sure. Mm -hmm. uh, on the interpretive journey. So yeah. for for us to look at it and try to determine, okay, 
what was for them, mm-hmm. what's to come, and somewhere in the middle of that, I think, what's for us. Yeah. And so that's a difficult task. Sure. That I've, I've just got to do some more study on. Mm-hmm. You know, I've read through this, and I thought, man, I don't know. <laughs> Four and five, I think, are fairly easy to, eh, not easy. They're more straightforward. They're more straightforward in yeah. what, what we need to hear and what we need to see. Yeah. <clears throat> but once you get into the seven trumpets and the seven scrolls and the seven bowls mm-hmm. and some of this imagery and all these kind of things, there's stuff I just don't know. I, yeah. I personally cannot just say, oh, yeah, I kind of know this. Yeah, here's dig, what this means. Let yeah. me dig a little bit deeper so I can give you a nuance right. that maybe I haven't seen before or maybe you haven't heard before. But, uh, I mean, dude, I don't know. I mean, there's just, I mean, <laughs> yeah. reading through it um, over the past few weeks, I'm just like, God, you're going to have to help me and show me. And I've yeah. got some good resources I've been leaning on sure. for the, what I've preached before, you know, up until now. And, and mm-hmm. so, you know, I, I feel confident I'll be able to give something for us to hold on to. Yeah. But I don't know if I'm going to have answers, man. I mean, yeah. just reading through it, I just don't well, know. And I think this is a great point to draw out even now. We've sort of touched on this over the last few weeks. But um, there, there is, it, it, this is true with every bit of Scripture, but especially with the book of Revelation, faith is going to play a huge part for us. Mm-hmm. And and I think that, you know, especially as Americans, it's, very, it's this very Western thought. We have this incessant need to know every detail of everything. Mm-hmm. And there's parts of this where we're going to have to say, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> and, 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 and for us to think that we can move past that is for us to be really arrogant in our understanding of who we think God mm-hmm. is. Um, because I, I had a professor in, uh, when I was in seminary who said, there will come a point in every conversation about God where we have to punt to mystery. And we have to be okay with that. That we have to say, you know what? I don't know. I, I'm, we, we can get relatively close on some of these things, but there comes a point where we have to say, I, I just trust God that he's going he's gonna to do what he said he's going to do and, and that he loves us, and I just have to trust him in that. Mm-hmm. And I have to say, mm-hmm. I don't know fully what's going to happen here. Right. Um, and I think that that's, that's true for all of Scripture, but especially Revelation here, that we have to be okay with, with not having the definitive answer on every single thing we see. Right. So. Yeah, and I'm, I don't. <laughs> right. Have right. the definitive answer, and uh, you said that scared me as a pastor, or the <laughs> thought of being a pastor. Oftentimes, when I tell God, "I'm just, hey, I'm good with just being an associate pastor," you don't have to get up and preach and know stuff, you know. <laughs> right. And it's like, um, you know, I think I think the Lord wanted me just to lean into that, not yeah, not feel the pressure to come in and say I know all this stuff. Right. I don't know, man. I don't. I don't. I just don't know. Um, so, I mean, I can tell you what people have said. Sure. <laughs> and yeah. what I'm, you know, I think this is what we should take away from this, but I don't know. Yeah. And that's so, okay. <clears throat> it's totally okay. So to answer your first question, yeah, or to, to, to do what you asked me to do first, was to look at the Church of Philadelphia and Laodicea. And that, as, as studying these, in fact, we were intending initially mm-hmm. to do five churches last week right and um it's too much it was just too much i couldn't <laughs> way too much. i couldn't I, you know four was enough yeah but i think there was a i think there was a central theme to the four mm-hmm. 
And so I just said, I'm just going to have to do Philadelphia and Leon, see it together, mm-hmm. to finish in our allotted time frame that we kind of put on ourselves. Yeah. And so with that, I um, I just said I'll do them together. And I, I wasn't even sure of the central thing, but but turns out there is, and it's you see in my mind two opposing yeah. forces, if you will, mm-hmm. to two very different churches and how they approached a similar thing yeah, mm-hmm. and how they came on the end of it. So, you know, that the imagery was around the door. Yeah. The door the Laodiceans had closed themselves and then the, the door that Jesus had opened that couldn't be closed because mm-hmm. he opened it with David's keys yeah. and gave it to the Philadelphian church. Right. So, so you have that imagery that I think gives them some cohesion. Yeah. You have two um, v- differing approaches, and uh, and really how Jesus um, addressed them to diff- you know both churches differently. Yeah. Um, the the places that they lived, Philadelphia and Laodicea, were very unique. They were very influential both. Uh, influential and both wrought with disaster mm-hmm. and both approached it different ways so um, Philadelphia was was near a volcano yeah and so you know similar to uh, hurricane season in Florida mm-hmm. they would have to evacuate yeah from at seasons you know from time to time and so that stymied ep- economic growth mm-hmm. that um, <clears throat> They were all constantly building and rebuilding, constantly building yeah. and rebuilding. I think the church too. And so Jesus said, hey, though you have little power, and so he's, he's talking about how poor and, and weak and destitute they were. And we don't, we, we can, we're just speculating yeah. because of the things we know, like the volcano and them having to evacuate, that they were just, they struggled. It was t- tough. You know, it's like, right. it was like, it's like what we're facing with COVID across the nation. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it has affected all churches, and some churches more than others, yeah. um, for various reasons, and it's hard to get back. So I get that. I identify with that. Sure. But then Jesus says, "Hey, you've been faithful through this all," mm-hmm. and gives them con- commendations and no condemnation. No, uh, you didn't do this. You didn't do that. And in fact, gives them promises of of what they uh, will con- will b- be given in the kingdom. Mm-hmm. In his in his temple in, in the New Jerusalem, you know this this pillar that was indicative of what they would do in in those towns for the most valiant warriors. You know, hey, we yeah. erected this temple. Uh, I, I think of it like um, you know the Westminster Abbey and the other abbeys in mm. London that we saw, where there's you know a shrine to every saint. You know yeah. the patron saint of this. I mean these people that you know did something. Some that did crazy stuff, but they're still there. But you know, <laughs> yeah. this same idea, we understand that we sure. we erect a we erect a a, a a pillar too for people. Like you know, I think about the flags in the, a local high school that mm. you know champions nineteen you know whatever you know and all right. the all the years. I, I think I think that's a there's a great principle there that we you see it played out all through the history of the church where when um, when people have to struggle for their faith, the gospel tends to spread quickly. Oh yeah. Not always, but but 
typically. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you see, you see that now in the church in Asia, yeah. in the church in the Middle East, that, yeah. that the church of Christ is growing mm-hmm. um, in, the, in the face, like right in the face of adversity. Um, and you, you, see, you see that here in the church at Philadelphia, that they, it was a struggle. Like, oh, yeah. It was a struggle environmentally. It was a struggle economically. And, and so one of the things that, that I think, this is speculation, but I think that when, when you don't have the, the trappings of Western affluence, yeah. the gospel is a little more easily spread. And I, yeah. I, I want to be really careful with, with what I'm saying there. I'm not, I'm not saying that we should all desire destitution. That's not what I'm saying. But there are other distractions, just not the same distractions that we face here yeah. in the United States. And, um, but, but I think that, that, that should be, that, that should serve as a challenge for us. Yeah. Um, but also an encouragement that the gospel can be spread even when it seems like things are really difficult for yeah. us. Um, and I, I think that was one of the things that jumped out at me yesterday as, as you were, were teaching about the, the church at Philadelphia is that, you know, they, they struggle because I, I've never lived near a volcano, but I have had to evacuate my home because of hurricanes. Yeah. And, and, um, and so I, I can understand that sort of life is always in flux kind of thing. Um, and it it does require you to lean on God more. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have to say, God, I, I, God, please let me have a home to come back to. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> you yeah. Know? And, and, um, and so that's a, I think that's a great principle for us to learn, too, is that I think a lot of times when we're faced with that adversity um, in the West, it's like, well, this is too hard. I don't want, I don't want to do this. But... God does some of his best work in the face of adversity. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, yeah. I mean, I think that, that we should lean into that a little more sometimes, mm-hmm. that not to seek it out, but when it comes, yeah. say, okay, God, how do you want to use this? How do you want to use this to draw me closer to yourself? How do you want to use this to help me sh- spread the gospel more? Whatever it may be. Um, but I think I think that's something that's really important for us to learn. Yeah, I like that you said we shouldn't have pursue that necessarily yeah but i do think we should pursue faithfulness in the midst of whatever circumstance we're in absolutely absolutely and i you know i think this is the need for spiritual disciplines mm-hmm. uh prayer and fasting particularly fasting mm-hmm. something we don't do a lot of yeah. we don't we really don't do any of really yeah. but but that uh physical prayerful discipline is is biblical and meant to be a part of our walk mm-hmm. So that we can appropriate yeah. destitution in our lives in a small way. Right. And, uh, appropriate, maybe a better way to say is appropriate dependence upon God. Because mm-hmm. the idea of fasting is you give up something yeah. so that when you have the urges, so like hunger pains, mm-hmm. it reminds you, Lord, I, de- I depend on you today. Yeah. Let me get through this moment. Mm-hmm. You know, man does not live on bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth. So God, the mouth of God. So God, give me. Now that I'm hungry, yeah, give me more of you. Give me more of you, mm-hmm. and you only do that for a period of time because sure. if you do it longer than that period, <laughs> right. you die. So right, I mean, yeah. But but that's why we have those things so that we can pursue being faithful through the most difficult circumstances. Yeah. On the contrary, we'll see this in a minute. When we talk about Laodicea. Laodicea was very affluent. Right. Um, they experienced an earthquake uh, around the same time. I mean, they're they're very they're regionally pretty close these two yeah. areas, mm-hmm. but they they um, they were able to rebuild where other cities were not. Yeah, 
with the other cities were able to be re, able to rebuild, but they depended upon Rome to do it for yeah. them. Yeah. Laodicea didn't no, no, need no, no, Rome. No. We don't need y'all's help. We're yeah. good. Yeah. Why? Because they were fluent. Yeah. So affluence is not bad. Yeah. yeah. And I hope that doesn't come across at all yeah. in, in what I preached yesterday or what we're talking about now. But if we're not careful, affluence will breed apathy. Yeah. And, well, and I think you see that throughout Scripture, that God doesn't say, I mean, affluence is not bad. Because you think about Solomon, richest man to ever live. Yeah. He was a man that followed after God, and so God blessed him in that. It's not that affluence is evil. However... I think like the first thing that popped in my mind was the rich young ruler. He's like, yeah. I've done all these things. I've, I've done all the things you asked for. and But then the thing that holds him up is his wealth. He's yeah. like, oh, I can't give that up. And and um, and so it, it is, I think it's easier for us to become self-reliant yes. when, when we're affluent as opposed to that saying, God, I need more of you to get me through this. That's, that's the key. Affluence, I think, if we're not careful... And this is why we need spiritual disciplines mm-hmm. to continue to remind ourselves, even in our affluence, we are dependent upon God. Absolutely. Yeah. Because we'll, we will begin to believe the lie the enemy would love for us to believe. Mm-hmm. And that is that we don't need God. We can do it ourselves. Yeah. It's the lie he's been telling from the beginning. Right. Oh, God told you you can't eat it from that <clears throat> tree. Ah, oh, he just don't want you to be like him. Yeah. <laughs> right. And that's, you know, and you can be like him. Why wouldn't you want to be? Yeah. So that's the lie. That's the lie from Satan. So the lie Satan would love for us to believe is that we don't need God. We, um, uh, in Romans or Revelation mm-hmm. three, Jesus notes that this church is saying, "Hey, we're wealthy. We have no need. We have no need." Yeah, and and it's very including easy, including God. Yeah, it's yeah. very easy for us to get to that. Mm-hmm. So back on Philadelphia for just a moment, you know, I love they're really the church on the front line. Mm. Yeah. Um. This this town, it, though it, it had calamity, was significant. There was one of the most major roads yeah. of 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 all of Rome. You know, all the all roads that lead to Rome. You mm-hmm. know, I mean, they created a, a an amazing system <clears throat> of roads. Yeah. yeah, some still standing today. Um, Which is pretty incredible. It yeah. is incredible considering. You know, they're like two thousand years old. Yeah, roads that we just put asphalt on <laughs> have potholes. Right. right. Um, yeah. Yeah, we haven't learned much. You know, we, <laughs> yeah. we should have learned more from them. Yeah. But so you've got this major road going from there. Um, it was originally a Greek um, gateway mm-hmm. for the spread of Greek culture. Yeah. Of course, Rome takes it over once the Roman Empire comes into mm-hmm. into play. But um, but it, it was it, it was significant. It was a missionary city for Greek culture originally. Yeah. And it was considered a gateway city for all these things. Yeah. And so that's important for us to understand. And Jesus knows that as well as planted his lampstand, his light there in the midst mm-hmm. of the world. And then he's saying, listen, you've done so well, like getting rid of the synagogue of Satan and other things. Yeah. I'm going to leave an open door here. I'm going to open a door to the kingdom. Yeah. I'm going to place it in your care. Yeah. And because you're doing so well and you will continue to do well, people will come to, to know me through this. Yeah, definitely. So that's huge, man. That's huge, and so then you have the so you have the church on the front line, just fighting, fighting for yeah. the gospel and in the trenches. Yeah. They're in the trenches, and God is blessing them. You yeah. know, even in the midst of their adversity, they're they're growing and 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 accomplishing what He's 
called them to do. Yeah. They're effective. And then you have clearly this this picture in Laodicea of Jesus acknowledging the ineffectiveness of the Laodicean church because of their apathy and because of their self-reliance and because of the affluence and the wealth that was around them that trickled down into their lives. Uh, The the many banks that were there, the the wealth from that, Mm -hmm. um, the wealth that was uh, born of, you know, this medicinal school that developed salve for your eyes and your ears that helped yeah. with those kind of things. So you have all that there. You have this unique situation where though they are affluent and they've piped in some water mm-hmm. and they've spent a lot of money to build these aqueducts. I was able to see one in, in Jerusalem. Oh, cool. Yeah. Uh, well, actually, um, when I went to Israel, and it was um, this amazing structure, man. And I'm just like, how in the world does ancient world create this yeah. on the backs of slaves, unfortunately? But right. but, but this amazing technology, we were at the Sea of, uh, Ga- no, the Sea of, uh, hold on, Sea of Caesarea Sea, mm-hmm. uh, the Sea of Caesarea. And um, there's this huge aqueduct, man, yeah. mostly intact. Really? After th- yeah. you know, thousands of years. years yeah. yeah. That's crazy. So they had that in Laodicea. They had this aqueduct that piped in water from Hierapolis Mm -hmm. and also from uh, Colossae. Mm -hmm. And the water from Colossae was very refreshing and cold Mm -hmm. uh, and effective to to be refreshing. The water from Hierapolis is warm because it's from hot springs. Mm -hmm. And the two have, you know, somehow integrated. By the time they get to Laodicea, regardless, you know, however you... However it happened, I don't know. Yeah. But however it happened, they've they've mixed or they've once they've gotten there, they're lukewarm. Mm-hmm. The cold water's warm. Yeah. Warm water's cold. You know, what I mean, it's right. so they're they're lukewarm and and just like you know when we're told don't drink the water wherever we go, you know, across the world because we're not used to it. Same thing. The visitors would come there and they would drink the water and would not be used to it mm-hmm. and and truly would vomit. So Jesus is saying, hey, you know the ineffectiveness of your water. Yeah. That's what you guys are like. Mm. And just like people throw it up when they drink it, if they're not from here, I throw you up. Yeah. Because you're useless. Yeah. You're not doing anything. You think you have no need, and then he, he just lays into them. But you're wretched, pitiful, poor, yeah. blind, and naked. Yeah. I mean, I think he covered all the bases. He covered all of them, yeah. Mm. You know, like, hey, you think you've got the school that helps you see? You're blind. Yeah. Hey, you think you have all this wealth? You're naked. Mm-hmm. You don't even have any clothes on. Yeah. And so then he, but he doesn't leave them there. That's the beauty of this right. this whole thing is he doesn't leave them there. <clears throat> and he doesn't leave the people then of surrounding the Philadelphian city either without hope. Yeah. Because he gives them an open door so they can know him and become holy themselves. Right. And be made holy by Jesus, let's just say. And this Laodicean church, they, um, he said they're, they're ineffective, but he doesn't leave them in that place. He's like, well, you're you're no good to me. I'm just going to spew you out. Yeah. He says, so this is what you need to do. He does tell them to repent mm-hmm. and and drum up what you have left. I think is how he says it. Yeah. But he also says, don't go to the bank anymore. Buy from me. Yeah. Come to get my gold. Yeah. Right. So what he's saying is like, don't be so worldly. Yeah. Don't be so connected to your own self reliance and to the wealth around you. Mm-hmm. That wealth is fleeting. 
Come to the gold that I have. Right. Come get the clothes I have so you're not naked anymore. Come to me and I will give you sight, he says. Mm-hmm. He's saying, my salve for your eyes is far better than the salve of this uh, yeah, the school of medicine medical area. school. Yeah. So I love that. If you didn't know all those things, you wouldn't really see the imagery here. Yeah, that background how, is important. How yeah. detailed that is. Yeah. And so all that to say is that this church was ineffective, but God gave them a way to be effective again. Mm -hmm. Jesus gave them a way to be effective. And then their promise is that they'll sit at the throne with them, Mm -hmm. which is a great promise, man. And, you know, so, you know, the plea that I had yesterday, and it just kind of came over me, but in that moment, it's just that I don't want to be a Laodicean church. You know, I mean... I, I just don't want to be a part. I don't. I don't care. I don't care to just be okay with being okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, to settle for apathy and mediocrity. I, I. You know. I just. That's. That's not what I'm called to. Yeah. I want to be the church that's on the front lines. Yeah. I want to push back hell. I want to push back the enemy, man. I want to be bold. Yeah. I want to be bold. You know, I, I think the Laodicean church, because you have this picture of this closed door, and what it is, you know, and of course people will say, you know, Jesus stands at the door of our hearts and knocks, and for us to become saved. <clears throat> I think you can find that. That passage doesn't really teach that. Yeah. I think you find it in other places in Scripture. Call, sure. You know, anyone who calls on me shall be saved. Um, if you believe with your heart, you know, Romans 10, 9, and 10. Uh, uh, Romans 10, 13. I mean, mm-hmm. those, and there are many others. So that truth is certainly... In Scripture, but this particular truth, he's knocking at the door of this church yeah. that said, we don't need anything. And so we just kind of go and do our own thing. Mm-hmm. We go meet. We have church. We do religious things, but we don't invite anybody else in. The door's closed. Jesus can't even get in. Yeah. So he's saying, I'm standing here because I want to come in and dine with you and sup with you. Yeah. I want you to be effective again. And so I see this picture of you know, some 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 com, uh, some uh, scholars, theologians will suggest that each of these churches represents a stage in the church history. Yeah. I don't I don't see that. Each church has applications for us today. Yeah, I think the most, maybe the most, is the Laodicean church, mm-hmm. particularly for the American church, because what we've done is like you know what, I you know not not our church, but many many believers and churches mm-hmm. all over. Sure. We're kind of okay with just doing our thing, not really ruffling anybody's feathers, Yeah, hiding out until Jesus comes back. Mm-hmm. I wonder if Jesus would come to our churches, mm. would he be able to get in either? Yeah. You know? Yeah. And would he have to stand at the door or not? Y'all let me in. You mm-hmm. know, I, I'm out here. Right. You think I'm in there, but I'm out here. Yeah. And so, you know, I, I do see that as indicative of, of where a lot of American Christianity is. We're... we're you know, especially as we think about the end times, mm-hmm. you know, I've said it before. We it's like we kind of hold up in our bunkers and just waiting for Jesus to come back. Yeah, we'll let the world fall around, fall apart around us, and just kind of hiding away. Yeah, that's not what this is about, man. That's not what the Philadelphian church is doing. Right, the Laodicea church is, but Jesus condemns them. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> he has strong words for them. Mm-hmm. Man, I don't want to be seen as wretched pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. I want to mm-hmm. see I want to be seen as faithful. Right. 
uh, as the Philadelphian church is and was. Yeah, I think I think one of the things too is that for for us as Western thinkers, what we see here is so counterintuitive because a lot of times, um, I'm not saying this is true of here, but just in general, a lot of times we look at the wealthy church that has all the people going there, they have all the resources, and you think, oh man, they got to be doing great things for the kingdom. Mm-hmm. And you look at the tiny church that's struggling to make ends meet from week to week, and you're going, well, they're probably not doing much for the kingdom. And please, please don't, this is not an indictment on any large church because there are large churches that are doing incredible things for the kingdom of God. Um, but that's that's just, that's such a wrong way of, that's, that's an unbiblical way of looking at how God works. God doesn't just go to where all the resources are and say, oh, you guys got all the stuff? Yeah, let me help you here. Or, oh, you guys don't have anything? Sorry, I got to go over here to the big church. That's not how, that's not how God works. And I, I 100% agree with you. I would much rather be at, the smaller church that is doing incredible things for the kingdom of God than to be at the biggest church that has all the coolest bells and whistles, yeah. but they're dead, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and I think that, I think that that's a, again, that's an easy place to get to, um, that we have to constantly be on guard for of, of wanting that. Um, now don't get me wrong. I enjoy having nice things and I, and I don't think God is against having nice things, but we can't make those nice things the end in themselves. Yeah. Those nice things are just tools to use in order to help reach more people with the gospel. Um, and it, it's, it's, I think it's a, th- this passage specifically can be jarring, I think, to some mm-hmm. people um, because it's, it is counterintuitive, I think, to how we normally think as, or how we normally process uh, as Americans what, what, is, what works and what doesn't work. Yeah. So. I, I don't think God minds us having nice things. I Absolutely. think the problem is when those things have us. Absolutely. Yeah. And that was the case of the Odyssean church. Yeah. They were wrapped up in Laodicea and all the cool things about mm-hmm. being in Laodicea. Yeah. And, and we, those things had them. Right. Because I mean, let's be honest, it's incredible that they had medicine that could help people see. Like yeah. that's incredible. Oh, yeah. That's a really good thing. But sure. we can take really good things mm-hmm. and place them in the place that only God is supposed to be yeah. occupy. And that's when we've, they, they effectively made an idol out of themselves. Yeah. They made an idol out of themselves. When yeah. we make good things, mm-hmm. ultimate things, absolutely, that's where we failed. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Well, all good things. And so we, we're going to, we're going to press pause on the book of revelation for a few weeks and then we'll come back and start in chapter four um, after Easter. We won't come back. We have a few things that we're going to talk about in between now and then. Um, but we, we would love to know, what, what has God shown you as we've looked at these letters to these seven churches? How has God helped you to better see how he works in the world? How does he work in our lives? Um, we'd love to know that. You can email us at the path at lafayettefirst.life, uh, or you can comment right on this YouTube video. We would ask you to, um, you probably noticed the sultry tones of Derek's voice this week and he's a little hoarse so pray for Derek this week that his voice will come back and um, uh, we hope that you will join us next time as we continue down the path until then I am Jason I'm Derek and we will see you next time as we continue down the path